There's no one like Jesus. I believe Jesus wants to walk in this house tonight. I believe he wants to touch somebody in this house tonight. I believe he wants to move upon us in this place tonight. If you'll allow me just a few minutes here tonight, just a few. I won't be long, I don't believe. Got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 12. You can stay where you are, it don't matter. It'd be all right. Whatever you feel, don't. Comfortable with the Holy Ghost, I'm comfortable. So don't, everybody's good. Matthew 12, 38 through 41. 41 is the key verse. Thank you, Brother Aaron, for that song here tonight. God bless you. Then certain of the scribes and the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, This is Jesus doing the talking here, responding. An evil adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There shall no sign be given to it. But the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly. So shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Here's the key verse. Men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation. And shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. Behold. Or greater. Ben Jonas is here. And his name is called Jesus. And because Jesus is in the house. And because we know how to call on the name of Jesus. And because we're willing to call on him without hesitation. And because we're willing to call on him without shame. And because we won't let the devil or the government or the world silence us and keep us from calling on the name of Jesus. Because there's one greater here now than Jonas. There's one greater here than me than Solomon. And his name is Jesus. And when you preach Jesus, I'm telling you devils are, devils have got to flee. When you preach Jesus, sin is overcome. When you preach Jesus, healings and miracles take place. Because there's one here greater than Jonah. There's one here greater than Solomon. And his name is Jesus. Lord, help us tonight. God, we need you to help us. We need you to touch us. We need you to anoint us in this house tonight. With your presence and with your touch. We can't do this without you. We got to have your touch. Got to have your anointing and your presence in this house. You reach down to touch every soul and touch every life. Prepare us. Prepare us. Help us to hear. Help us, God, by faith to respond to your word here tonight. That your will, not mine, but your will, can be done in the hearts of the souls in this place tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you, and you may be seated. I don't feel that I'll be really lengthy here tonight at all, but uh, I am very concerned about uh, where we're at, what we're facing, and the effect it's having upon us, and if it's moving us or not, if it's causing us to want to pray more, it's causing us to... 
cry out to uh, uh, make our way to the house of God to to make it what are we early early amen I know the prayer time said 30 minutes before but uh, whenever we really recognize the power of prayer and and interceding we'll find out that 30 minutes is you know uh, we'll start to even come before that amen to call on him and cry out to him because we've been stirred because we've been moved and because we want his stirring and because we want his moving in our lives uh, let me ask you just a few questions tonight how many of you believe that we're in in end time how many of you believe that we're we're in a troubled time a very challenging time I mean, you believe, amen, as, as Brother Aaron Dunn mentioned here tonight, that the devil's doing everything that he possibly can do to destroy and to annihilate. That's been going on, amen, from the very beginning, amen, trying to destroy the Jews and trying to destroy anybody, amen, that would cast a lot with the Lord in the direction of God. He sets his sights upon you as an individual to destroy you and to take you out. Even before you may come to the fullness of truth and experience the fullness of God's love and his heartbeat will in your life, immediately when you make Start making that turn and start crying out. The devil will war against you. He'll fight against you. He'll try to set up snares and traps. He'll try to hinder. And, and we see this with Paul. And Paul, amen, the apostle, our apostle, who we would figure one of the number three men in the Bible that you and I are the New Testament of Jesus Christ and Peter and then the apostle Paul, great men of God and vessels of God. But yet the devil would even hinder them and, and even take up over, over whole cities as Paul would make visitation to certain cities. And, and there as he would, he would be beside himself as he observed and realized that they had been overtaken, amen, by spirits and by things of doctrines and of that nature. And so, so we understand the power of the enemy and the force of it, especially when you, you or individuals give themselves unto it and, and allow it to be blinded and allow to allow these powers. And, and so my personal belief, amen, some of the things that we're experiencing, and you can watch it throughout the scriptures, God allows things and sets things in motion, amen, trying to stir up the people trying to awake them. I, the lesson was on that this morning. Amen. That was a whole deal with Joel. Amen. Was trying to awake the Israelite people to get them to have a stir and realize, amen, that they had forsaken the Lord. That they had became rebellious and, and turned their back on the Lord and began to worship Baal and worship other gods. And so God, amen, was in pestilence and he would raise up nations to come against them. And all of that was for a purpose and for a reason. Amen. To try to awaken Israel out of the stupor that they was in and the blindness they made because they was a chosen people and they was chosen people amen to represent this one God and let the rest of the earth and all the world to know that there is one God there is one Savior and so that hasn't changed when it comes to the New Testament and the representation of Jesus Christ and as we became disciples and followers of Jesus Christ is to let this world know there is one God there is one Almighty God there's one Savior we know him by his name we know him by his spirit we know him by his touch and so, as you watch some of this and the power, and I'm just going to get on to just a few things here tonight, amen, that I hope, and really, really I hope that will help us here tonight. Uh, this pandemic, if you, you listen, could it be possible? And I'm not trying to cross swords with nobody's and nobody's theory. I'm just telling you something I felt the Lord nudged me about this afternoon. Uh, you know what the devil wants us to believe about this pandemic? 
He wants us to believe that man made it. That's what he wants you to believe. He doesn't want you to believe that God's trying to stir up this country. He doesn't want you to believe that God, amen, is, is, is allowing and moving and operating, amen, to awaken and stir us up and get us to pray. Now, he'd rather you believe there was man-made or just stay in your comfort zone. Now, God's not in that. God doesn't know. I had a man tell me that in a hardware store, and he was mad when he said it. God wouldn't do that. Better read your Bible. Better read your Bible, man. He sends locusts. He sends pestilence. He sends nations. That's the chastening rod. Not to destroy these people, but to wake them up. To cause them to, to get stirred. Could it be tonight that... And there's all different kind of opinions out there. We're... I'm going to tell you something. If you're not confused, then you're not listening to nobody. <laughs> All this stuff comes from so many different ways and opinions about it. And this works and that works and that don't work. 97% this way and 47% that way. And the numbers, they can't all be right. And that's the reason the devil, he's going to try to quieten this down at the same time. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. God's, God's, God's working. God's not, not just in this local assembly, but I'm talking about God's working across these lands. Trying to get us stirred up. Trying to get us moved. Why? Because it's evil hearts of unbelief. If, if you don't obey this, there's two things, two things. There's two problems. Number one, you don't love him. Number two, you don't believe him. One of the two. Because if you believe this word as the word, it's hard not to obey it. And the only reason you won't obey it is because you don't love it. But if you mix love and faith with this word right here, I'm telling you there's nothing that God can't do for you. But you've got to have these two ingredients mixed with the power of this word. And the third one would be, and I talked about it this morning, is our will. When we totally sell our will out to him and fall in love with him and take him at his word, there's nothing that God can't do and guide us through. How many of you, as you listened to Brother Ford last Sunday night, how many of you caught this part right here? As he turned and turned and walked this way. And he's talking about two milk cows put on a cart. And inside that, on that cart was the, the ark, the tabernacle, the ark was on the, not tabernacle, the ark was on that cart. And the only thing that was in that ark was the word of God. Nothing else. But there was two milk cows totally against nature that had two calves Tied up in the stall. That had never had a cart tied to them. But here they go against all of nature. 
They wasn't a man on the earth that could have got them two cows to do what they was doing. There was only a God that was committed to the word of God that was in that cart. I'm telling you tonight, the word of God can get you out of sin. The word of God will get you out of darkness. The word of God will get you out of the clutches of the devil. The word of God works against even nature itself. Hallelujah can work against nature because that shows me the power and the authority of the word of God and the world and the devil doing everything they can to silence the word of God. Word of God. I want to preach just a little bit here tonight. Jonah was sent to Nineveh. First chapter lets us know that he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go and preach to Nineveh. And so he decides to go to Tarshish. He pays the fare to get in a ship. You know the story. And God. Here we go again. God. Causes this great tempest. To war against the ship. And the individuals on that ship. Even these heathen men. That didn't believe in this God. Realized by this storm. Hey there's something wrong. There's something going on here. Man, they begin to cast lots. Say, hey, they, hey, somebody caused this problem. They had enough sense about them to know something's caused this. Especially whenever the real culprit was down in the side of the ship asleep. And the captain had to go down and wake him up and say, hey, come on, man. You got to get up here. You got to keep calling. It might be your God that can help us here. See, they didn't believe in the one true God. So when he got up and cast lots, hey man, hey Jonah, you're the problem. Who are you? Where are you going? What are you supposed to be? I'm a preacher. <laughs> oh. Here we go. Boy, if we can just get all the preachers lined up. You'd be shocked how many churches are lined up. <laughs> because you know why? Because the power of the word. There's something about the drawing power of the word. There's something about it's, it's the spirit. You can't. You preach the word. That's the spirit of God, and the spirit of God draws home. It's the word of God that draws us. It's the word of God that keeps us. It's the word of God that gives us that endued power, Amen, to overcome sin and iniquity. I tell you, the spirit of iniquity. The only thing, Amen, can 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 pull against the spirit of iniquity is the word of God. And so, the point I'm going to make here. When you go to Jonah, the third chapter, amen, in here. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. And so Jonah arose, and he went unto Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city, a three days' journey, and Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. Jonah didn't put a whole lot of emphasis in it. He didn't write a whole lot of notes. He probably didn't show a whole lot of compassion. Even though he just got uh, spit out of a fish's mouth. <laughs> just because he just got through getting the seaweed out from around him. And, <laughs> but watch this. Jonah began to enter into the cities of Jesus' journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. 
So the people of Nineveh believed God. This is a heathen people. This wasn't Jews. This wasn't God's people. But they believed the man of God. And they believed God. And you know the story. How they responded with fasting. From the king right down. Fasting and prayer. Sackcloth. And God's mercy and grace. And it made Jonah mad. But the point I'm trying to make right there. They believed his word. I preached out of Joshua the other night. And I didn't make it to the second chapter. I wanted to but I didn't have time. But in the second chapter. These are old Sunday school stories. But I have a feeling we're getting away from them. But it's these old Sunday school stories that's going to bring us back in line. And back to that place with God. And faith of God. Because they can just be these Sunday school old stories. As we kind of, Sunday school, you know. Kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, kind of downplay it. But it's these, amen, that can sustain us and give us guidance. And so when you pick up in the second chapter, you're going to notice here that Joshua, after taking over the leadership and after being encouraged by the Lord and things begin to unfold and take place in his life. Amen. You're going to see where Joshua, amen, sent out. He didn't send 12. He sent two. He said 12 wasn't a good number, so I think I'll just send two. That's how many good witnesses I had when they come back. I'm going to send two. And so watch this. I'm not sure the Bible don't say. I do know this. They got across Jordan somehow. The two. I was amazed as I was reading some of this. And even as, as Brother Williams was here Wednesday night. And he talked about Elisha. Elijah. Amen. And spoke. Amen. What river was they crossing? I began to. Things began to say. I wonder just how many times Jordan. And God miraculously made a way across Jordan. For his people. And then every time we come to a Jordan. We get kind of. Oh, Tillich Jordan, we sing about it. Huh. But we're crossing over, oh, Tillich Jordan. She's not going to hold us. She's not going to keep us. Somebody's going to have revival in this end time. Somebody's going to have miracles and wonders and signs in this end time. If God has to raise up a whole brand new bunch of folks that's never heard it before, amen, and all of a sudden, amen, he sends a prophet to them, a man of God to them, and you know what? They just sit up and say, you know what? I believe that. That's God's word, and I'm going to take it as God's word, and bam, that's all it takes. God begins to work and perform things as God. And so, as these two spies were sent, amen, into Jericho, and to check it out, you know the story how that they make their way there, and sure enough, amen. <laughs> Praise God. It's just amazing how they managed to find themselves at a harlot's house. Well, that goes over big, don't it? Praise God. I wonder how Sister Moore would feel if, if I was sent to amen, spy out the land. And I text her back and say, well, we made it to Jericho. We got it here in this harlot's house. I can't be the will of God. What's the matter with you? Get out of here. <laughs> the most unlikable candidate in the city. It's amazing how God will work. 
And so sure enough, they made their, their way there. And Well, the king found out. Some guys seen, seen them go there. And you know the story how they, they got word that the king, king sent to them. And, and was, what does she do? She takes them up and hides them under the flax, the roof. Basically, hey amen, you can look at it any way you want to. But she lied to them guys. <laughs> she said, hey, they done left. They're gone. Then they went out the gate. It's getting late. She knew that, hey, as soon as you guys get out the gate, man, they're going to close that gate. And, and what does she do? And this is where it's so important. This is, this is the heartbeat. When you begin to pick up, ninth verse. Amen. She said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land. This is a heart it's speaking now. I know that the Lord hath given you the land. And that your terror has, is fallen upon us. And that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when he came out of Egypt. And what he did unto the two kings of the Amorites and were the other two side that were on the other side of Jordan, Sion and Og, and whom he utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. This is the same message, amen, that Jonah had to tell them guys. Hey, I serve the God. Amen. He's not just any God. He's the God of heaven and the God of earth. We don't serve just any God. We serve Jesus Christ. We serve the Almighty. We come up and cast our lots with Him. And so there's no reason, amen, for the church, amen, to be on some kind of anxiety attack. There's no reason for the church, a blood-bought church, a Holy Ghost-filled church, hallelujah, that's baptized in the name of Jesus. We're all power in heaven and earth has been given to this name. Hallelujah. The fret and worry about what we're going to do tomorrow. No, amen. I got my confidence in Jesus Christ. He's going to lead and guide us all the way. I'm telling you, God's in the business of saving us. God's in the business of fighting our battles. God's in the business, amen, to give us revival. And we don't have to pump it up and we don't have to private it up. We don't have to do any of those things. We don't need, God don't need any of our gadgets. What we and you and I have got to do is just go back to some old basics. Prayer. Prayer. I'm wrestling with something. Nobody be offended what I'm fixing to say. Like some would love to go back into some, they want to go back into a different room. They turn on CDs and Turn the lights down and have a prayer meeting. <laughs> but I know some of you, you don't want a CD playing. <laughs> I knew the elders would say it. All the young ones wouldn't. Because they like, they, they, they brother, go into a prayer closet with a room, get a CD blaring. Cut the lights down. I'm going to tell you something as a pastor. God won't let us yet. Tell you what I've been doing. Coming up here every evening. Walking around in our prayer room. I've been asking God. I said God you know the walls in here. That don't need to be in here. And you turn them down. And this place will come a prayer room. This place will come where your glory can fall. 
and your anointing can fall upon us. And I'm making sure I'm walking the surroundings that we pray in. See, I'm not against nobody. You may think I am, but I'm not against nobody. I want God's will, but I'm going to tell you something. I can't do it everybody's way. Hallelujah. Elder or young, I can't do it everybody's way. But you know what? I can do it God's way. Because if I do it God's way, that's what we really all want. And that's what's got to happen. If we're going to have miracles and wonders and signs and revival, if we're going to see the devil conquer, if we're going to see victory, amen, we just got to do it God's way. So I'm just walking around that place and praying in the name of Jesus. God, you build every wall that needs to be built, and you tear down every wall that needs to be torn down. And God, I know at the same time some of this falls on me. So you give me the wisdom, the knowledge, and the words to do what I ought to do it when I ought to do it. See, a lot of people wouldn't face this in front of everybody, but you know, I don't even, I just don't have any better sense than do it this way. I'm tired of trying to just slip around the back doors and do this and do this. And, and you know what? You can't do that. That's why I got to take the pacifiers out. That's why I got to take the bottles away. Huh. I know you're excited about having. And it's going to be some of them nights. But you know what? Ten years from now, I sure hope you ain't still having to get up at 12, 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning and warm in the bottle and going into that 10 or 12-year-old and saying, okay, baby, okay. Come on, boy. Come on, we're going to have some faith, okay? Come on, boy. Hallelujah. feels the same way and I feel the same way in Bendale, Mississippi. I can't win other people if I got the bottle feed you and then feed you every time for summer service. I get in this house. Did you hear me? I can't keep pampering you and maving you and spending all my effort time with you. If we got to see revival in the community, I can't spend all my effort and energy on you. You got to grow up and become a man or a woman for God. You got to make up in your mind I'm going to live for God. show you in the Bible there was times out in the wilderness they just took stones pulled them together and made a prayer room <laughs> I'm not against prayer rooms and we will that new sanctuary we'll probably have a men's prayer room and a ladies prayer room <laughs> but until then could it be that God's trying to unify us first Because if I can get us unified out there, you'll be shocked what'll happen in here. Something's with me, something's not, but you're going to. Because I believe you love God enough. And you understand well enough. I want to be saved. And you already told me you believe this is end time. And you believe, amen, we're in the fight of our lives. And so that lets me know that you know what? I want to get on board. Amen. I want to get on board and I want to do what God wants me to do with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I want to come and pray. I want to seek the face of God and the hand of God. Hallelujah. I mean, I mean Brother Holmes helps us a lot. Amen. But I want to tell you something. Prayer. They have prayer all the time. Amen. They got some elders that come to that church and pray all through the day and spend two or three hours praying at the house of God. elders don't get mad at me <laughs> all you want to do is sit around the house and drink your coffee when you could come down here and pray we'll pay the electric bill somehow 
We'll turn the air on. We'll pay the electric bill. If we can pay $22,000 a month, we can pay, we can pay $1,000 a month. We're paying five hundred now. I'm not trying to be ugly. I, what I'm trying to tell us is, this is how you get the attention of God. You can't use God like a spare tire. You can't just do it when you feel like it. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you some of you singers, you want to sing when you feel like it. I'm going to tell you something. You can't, you'd be totally shocked how many times I don't feel like preaching. But I've been called to preach in season, out of season, when I feel like it, when I don't feel like it. If I'm going to live for God and serve God and be what God wants me to do, then I just got to preach. I'd love to be able to quote the whole Bible and astound you with words and things of that nature, but it's not in me. But you know what? He called me to preach, and I'm going to do my best to preach. And I'm going to do my best for the Lord. I'm going to pay the, I'm going to pay these experts. I'm going to play this thing. It's going to be for Jesus Christ. It's not to pacify or impress you. Amen. It's about doing it for the Lord. Get to do it for Jesus. But watch this. Well, I'm fixing. <laughs> I really believe God's talking to me. Folks, don't be offended what I'm fixing to say, but listen to me. We can't use a position up here as a prop. And let it be the God. You and I have got to get to the place. If I sing or not, I'm going to live for God. If I preach or not, I'm going to live for God. Let me tell you something. They say some well-known preachers because they didn't get certain positions and certain camp meets and certain conferences. They backslid. Because it's all about the hype. It's all about... That's not exempt from little churches, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to tell you. It's, it's not. It's really not. I didn't just walk in our prayer rooms, but I walked in them Sunday school rooms. I walked around them tables and I said, God, I should have done this 20 years ago, but it just takes me a while sometimes. And to walk around them tables and pray, God, you're not these teachers. You get a hold of their hearts and their minds. These kids that sit in these chairs, God, you help them when they get in here. Have a desire to hear your word. Have a desire for the things of God. The world's trying to eat them up. The devil's trying to eat them up. But God, we just got a few minutes with them. Would you help us? Will you move in this place? And that's the reason we're in the warfare we're in. Because we're headed down a channel now. Amen. To stop the devil is in his track. And help some revelation get a hold of our minds and hearts and spirit. Hallelujah. Because I'm telling you, we're in the end time. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. Some of you, some of you had to live single lives. What you need to do, amen, is start searching that Bible. What qualifications have I got? And what can I do? And God, I want to please you. Because you know what? If you'll get in the qualifications of that Bible and walk where he wants you to walk, I'm going to tell you something. God, he can be a help and a comfort. And if he's got a suitable helpmate, I'm telling you, he can get him. Hallelujah. But if God doesn't have him, and if it's not God's will, I'm going to tell you right now, you got a pastor, amen, that's praying praise every day. Hallelujah. Every single day, I don't let it miss. I don't let it bypass. Every single day. And if there's a suitable help, I don't care where they're at. I don't care what they look at. You might, but I don't. If it's God's will, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may have a picture. But oh, God's got one that's far better. Because I'm going to tell you something. we got to hook up with somebody that can help me make the journey. we got to hook up with somebody that's going to help me make the heaven. we got to hook up to somebody that's going to believe in this one God message. we got to hook up with somebody that's going to believe in holiness and righteousness and godliness. I don't need to get in a bigger mess than what I've already been in. 
I'm not against you. I'm for you. Oh, listen to that line, devil. Some of you think I'm against you. I'm not against you. I'll tell you what I am for. It's when we get on the other side that we can present you to Jesus Christ. Because if we can't do that, I don't care any man if he was a hunk or she was this or he was that, had billions of dollars and blowed you away. But if you wind up in the devil's hell, I failed, you fell, and we trampled the blood of Christ under our feet. Young people, I've done hit on it some. You better watch that Caleb station. I'm telling you, God's talking. That's some of the very songs we want to listen to while we pray. You ought to look at their artist. Some of them's ex apostolic people. They don't have the spirit, amen. They don't have you really in mind and heart. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, they don't. And behind the scenes, the devil's working his way in. And we won't even know it until one day we wake up and lie. How in the world did we get there? Slowly but surely through whatever avenues and tools, through music. Honey, let me tell you something. That's not just music. The spirit's behind the music. David can play a harp and drive evil spirits away. The devil can play music. The devil can have songs. And you may have Jesus from one end to the other. But I'm telling you, there's something behind the curtains. Oh, come on, preacher. All right, what's the Bible talk about? Amen. Preachers and ministers. Amen. Wolves and sheep clothing. Backslid. Don't know nothing about God. The truth of God. I, I didn't intend to say all this tonight. I promise you. I'm not trying. I'm not beating up nobody. I'm just telling you we're in a warfare. I'm just telling you we're in a time. I'm telling you, our nation—they're blinded, folks. I am totally shocked at times what people say. Nothing seen anymore. I'm going to tell you something. God don't have no problem pulling them out. He made it his business to go to a whale at a certain time for one lady. For one little lady that had a relationship problem. That had failed time and time and time again. And promised her some living waters that she'd never thirst again. And when he tells her, she said, hey, go get your husband. I'll have one. She said, you're right. You don't. But you've had five. And the one you got's not yours. But he didn't stop loving her. He didn't stop reaching for her. We've got to quit judging people so quick. We've got to have patience. Pray. I've always been a believer in this, Brother Quinn, even to shipyard. Good bosses will take guys that's not too good and kind of lazy and ignorant and make something out of them. 
work with them. Put them with a good man. Instruct that good man. Hey, he ain't got a clue. He don't know. He don't know. He don't know. But you work with him. We're going to work with him. We're going to make something out of him. I just wonder what happened to this country. If a lot of more people still are being so. Oh, God. I didn't mean to get on this one. but See, you got some guys out there because they've learned all the tricks. They don't tell nobody. They want to be the hero. Man, they want to be the show. Well, guess what? You can't build a ship by yourself, buddy. If you don't help nobody, nobody help you, then I tell you what, I got 10 jobs and I needed you to get all of them done by 8 o'clock today. And God's the same way, folks. God wants to use all of us. God wants to anoint us and flow through us and operate. Watch this. This man can touch some folks that I can't touch. And God can use this vessel to touch them where he can't use this one. And if you and I are not careful, we'll disqualify the vessel that God can use and raise up and anoint and send him down the pathway to win a group of people that I could have never won and never touched. One greater than Jonah's here. One's greater than Solomon's here. And we know him by his name, Jesus. He's in the healing business. He's in the delivering business. And the real key to all of this is obedience. I want to tell you something God's working on me about. And boy, Psalms 119 is full of it. Precepts. Commandments. The law. All are basically different terms, but the same outcome. We need a generation to be raised up and says, you know what? I'm going to fall in love with his word. I'm going to fall in love with his precepts and his commandments. I'm not going to take them as a commandment like, you know, no. He's got my, my, my best interests in mind when he gave me that commandment. Makes all the difference in the world as we live for God. Sister Moore, y'all can come and get ready. I'm not going to be much longer here. Psalms 130 says this. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. I heard Brother Odom, Bishop Odom. This is back during his days at Columbia. Said he was driving down Highway 98. Said there was an elderly gentleman that was on the side of the road. So he pulls over, gets out, goes back to him, begins to talk to him, ask him, you know, where are you going? He said, I don't know. Uh, he said, you know, what are you doing? Who, who you are? And, and, and I wish I could remember the guy's name. It's, uh, it's kind of an odd name. And he was an elderly feller. And anyway, he went on and talked to him a little bit. He said, he said, sir, I'm not really going too far. He said, I can't pick you up. He said, are you hungry? He said, man, if I'm hungry. He said, I'm hungry. He said, if you wait right here. He said, I'll be back. He said, so I went down to the convenience store right down the road. He said, I went in there. He said, I picked up some, some crackers. He said, I picked up some couple of things of milk. He said, I picked up a couple of bags of cookies. He said, I got a can of sardines. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> that's about what. But anyway, he said, so he got it all in his sack, went back and pulled back in there. The gentleman set it down and said, Damn side him said, man, he went to fumbling through all that stuff and, and said, guess what? What he pulled out? What he 
that old can of sardines. I said, I just stood talked to him a little while while he was eating. He said, I'm talking about he just gulped it all down. He said, when he got through, he said, sir, I said, did you mind if I just pray with you? He said, I took them two old dirty, he said, I'm talking about dirty, crusty hands. He said, I took them into my hands. He said, and I began to call on Jesus. He said, all of a sudden, he said, I can feel his hands shaking. He said, I looked up at him. He said, sir, he said, I don't know who you are. He said, I'm a Roman Catholic. He said, but I've never felt, felt something like this before. It can happen just like that. But if we're not careful, we got our own walls and our own standards of how God can save. Oh, they got to come into our services and they got to hear this and they got to do that. Let me ask you something. Can you read in the scriptures and I believe in repentance? You listen to me a second. You got to have repentance. You got to die. There's not an option there. You got to die out to the world and to self. But that eunuch that was in that chariot with Philip that day. And God called on Philip to leave a red hot revival. Miracles and wonders and signs were taking place. And sent him out into a desert. A road passing by for one eunuch coming through. And then it wasn't so easy. He said, come riding by. He didn't just stop the eunuch there and say, hey, you're not. No. He said, it went by. He said, hey, he had, to run, he had to run him down. He had to put something into it. If you think God's going to give us a revival and give us souls while we just sit on our stools of doing nothing and just think God's going to just, you know, bring them in, God's, no, it ain't going to happen to you. i tell you what can happen. But you and I can go out in the highways and the byways and compel them by the Spirit of God that's in us. They can feel something that flows through us. We're the conduit of the Holy Ghost. That's what it's all about. And we can take that old lunatic. Or we can take that old druggie. We can take that old alcoholic. We take that one that may don't even have a home. Or no, don't even know where he's at or where he's going. But we can take their hands in our hands and begin to pray. And introduce him to a God. And if somehow they can believe in this God. I done gave you two examples. Amen. Of individuals. Hallelujah. When one man of God that was sitting there told the opposite direction. And when he got there and showed up, they believed it and took and believed it as the word of God and saved them from the destruction of the judgment of God. As we stand in this house tonight, only you know where you stand before God tonight. Only you know your condition of your heart and your mind and spirit. You know it better than anybody else except the Lord maybe, but... You know, God's in the saving business. God's in the delivering business. God's in the business of giving us revival. Right in the face of all this is going on. Now you can listen to all the news folks and all the medical people. And you can listen to all of that you want to listen to. Or you can believe it. You know what? I serve a sovereign God. And I'm not going to listen to the devil not get stirred up about it. 
I'm going to get stirred up about it. I mentioned to you last Sunday morning about the youth that come from a Trinitarian preacher, not one of ours. Over in another country. Want to know how in the world did you get 30,000 people to come together? He said, well, the old Buddha worshipers, they get up at five and meet their gods. So we show up at four. He said, in fact, the young people's here before four waiting on the youth leader to get here and open up the door. That really excites us, don't it? When Judgment Day comes and we kept televisions out, but we hadn't done as good a job with iPads and cell phones and computers. I, I believe I can safe, safely say tonight, if I could get not everybody, but a good number in this building to spend a third of the time that you spend on that in earnest, sincere prayer with this God, you'd be shocked what would happen. I'm going to be honest with you. I could care less what my neighbor's eating. And I sure don't care to know what they're wearing. I, I, I don't want to know about somebody's failures. I'll be honest with you. If I want to know about it, God, God tell me, show me so I can pray for them. Not gossip about them. But pray that God, your mercy and grace. I'm going to go right back to what I was telling when I mentioned Brother Quinn and the job. I've worked a few men. I've had a few, amen, just young boys, 18 years old, come out of high school. Man, they didn't know nothing. They didn't know what a sledgehammer was. They didn't know what a wedge was. They didn't know what a piece of steel was. So, so they didn't know nothing. They couldn't read a tape. I remember one particular guy one time. Kind of a sissy guy. Well, you really like them in the shipyard, especially shipfitters. We'll tell you right now, that's not a sissy game. You'll be a shipyard, a shipfitter to shipyard, you'll make a man out of you. Yeah. I tell you right now, it's work. Ain't one way to put steel together, and that's to get after it. You take wedges, and you take sledgehammers, and you take jacks, and you pump, you pull, and you prime, and you weld up stuff, and you better hope it holds, because if it busts loose, it'll have to knock your head off. And, I'm telling you. So we made up in our minds that you know what, we're gonna make something out of this guy. He was in the apprentice program. Man, <laughs> them first few weeks was whew. But we just kept working with him, putting him with good guys, and I tell him I'd I'd, I'd had to preach to him before I'd <laughs> come on man, you've been where he's been. He don't know, but we're gonna make something out of him. We ain't gonna tote him and, and, and we're not shipping him off somebody else. 
How'd you like that one? We're not shipping him off to somebody else to let him be somebody else's problem. That's what's wrong with too many people today. Instead of facing the challenge and the battle. No, we got to perfect them right here. We got to deal with it, work on it, pray over and fast over it, and preach about it till we get it perfected. We're not shipping them off or shipping them up or down the road. Sure enough, they're supposed to move every six months. He stayed with us about a year. And that boy became a fitter. He got over that sissy stuff. <laughs> they got to asking for him. I said, oh, no. You boys didn't want him. Sissy. Wasn't going to be nothing to him. But you know what? When you start making some investments. God's made some investments in this church, ladies and gentlemen. God's been good to this church, ladies and gentlemen. You tell me how many of you boys we got that's messed up. Tell me how many we got them. All the ones that's backslid, we can get them back. They backslid because they just fell out of love and things like that. But you know what? They're not. I'll tell you, this God saves to the uttermost. He can turn a hook in them and turn them around and bring them back to this place of worship. This house couldn't hold the backslid. house couldn't hold them but there's got to be some esters there's got to be some esters that, that whenever she's not even being called on by Mordecai or nobody else but she sees the need that she's willing to intercede and she's willing to humble herself and give herself I know we're living in a busy world a busy time but I'm telling you again tonight if you're too busy, you can't pray. You better start stopping some things. I'm going to put it to you this way. If I hadn't prayed, I wouldn't do no hobbies. If I hadn't prayed and read my Bible and tried to get hold of God, I wouldn't be texting. What's that other stuff? Instagramming. you got to save yourself from this untoward journey I'm sorry I can't be there I can't be there with a bat and I can't be there and I, can't, I can't call all the musicians and singers and create a perfect atmosphere at your house to create you a, a prayer room I'm sorry but you know who can show up his name is Jesus the Holy Ghost can show up and you can have church and you can have a party just you and God. You can get totally drunk. You talk, I've had some of my best times when it's just me and God in that room. I mean, I can get just as wild. You think I get wild? You ought to have seen some of them times. Out in that old house sometimes, they people thought I was crazy. I mean, I'd be running down through that old house, slapping that old paint out. Woo! Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Touch this and touch that. Oh, God, we need you. Four o'clock in the morning before I'd go to the shipyard and walk out there. That's what got an old chicken snake killed one day. Open that door up here. It was under my feet. That was a bad deal. A bad day for that snake. I'm telling you, prayer. Prayer put joy in you. I'm telling you, the devil can't take it out. Prayer put ingredients in you. Amen. The world can't take it out. Prayer put things in you that the pitfalls of life won't rob you of it. Yeah. 
fast food will do when you're in a hurry. But fast food is not always the best thing, is it? No. <laughs> Nothing like a good home cooked meal. Sitting around with the family and enjoying it. You can't beat it. Thank God for every camp meeting, every conference, every gathering we have. And they're popping up more and more. But I'm going to tell you something. If we make it to heaven, it's because of what happened at the home church. You hear me? You can't make enough of them events to get you through. They help. But I'm telling you, young people, you can't depend on just youth camp once a year to get the job done. You can't do it. You've got to say, you know what? I'm going to have a youth camp. I'm going to have a move of God here. If I have to have it all by myself, I'm going to come down here, amen, I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to get a move of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you, God open doors that you can't open. God will close doors. But you know what? You and I got to ask for it. You and I got to pursue it. You and I got to reach up and say, you know, that's all about obedience. If we spend all of our time and it's all about us, then tell me, what are we doing? It's about Him. It's about Him, folks. It's about having a companionship and a relationship. It's about him being on our minds when we lay. This is a God that can give you dreams. This is a God that can give you instructions and guidance. <laughs> He's the greatest counselor there is. He knows all your tomorrows. He knows where you're going to be six months from now. He knows what you're going to face ten years from now. He knows. And so he can start working way back here to prepare you and get you ready. That's not all. He's the only God, amen, that can stop some of them old hand-me-down spirits and attitudes. Uh, hallelujah. Because you can look at some of them and say, no, no. You, you, you go down to so-and-so. They're kin folks. You go down there to them. I'm a new creation. <laughs> It'll work, folks. I'm telling you. So they come to sing. I don't know what they're going to sing. God help them. <laughs> Why don't we just come together around here tonight, amen, and, and let God, and let's, let's just come and call on Him. I started to preach calling on Him, calling on Him. Amen, this is how blind people receive sight. This is how the deaf, amen, begin to hear. This is, this is how people was lifted out of the miry clay. Amen, their voices ringed out. Amen. They, they would cry out to get me out of this pit. Joseph himself cried out to his own brothers. Amen. When they put him in the pit, as they stood upon the brim of it, I'd love to went to the third chapter. Amen. Of Joshua and were there. He instructed the priests and, and that swelling Jordan. But by the word of God that was in that ark, as they carried that ark, amen, and the word of God, and they made their way to Jordan. Hallelujah. Watch this. Their feet never got wet. They stood on the brim, amen, of that red river. And it's swelling, hallelujah. But the word of God says, but when they stepped in, those waters began to roll back. You know what I believe happened? When they stepped in, these waters rolled back. Those rolled down. And the Bible says they were standing on dry ground. Instantly, God dried it. It wasn't slipping. It's not God's will for you and I to slip and mess and go around when we're standing on the true word of God. 
carried that word. As I carried that ark, the Bible said dry ground. It was firm, buddy. <laughs> them waters just rolled up now beside them. God made a path big enough now for all the Israelites to cross over. They stood in the, in the bottom of that old Jordan River. Joshua instructed 12 men, one from each tribe, to go down there in that old river bottom. He said, you pick up a stone. You take it out on the other side and you set it up on the other side. We're going to build a memorial. He said, because there's coming a generation, they won't believe this. I tell you why this generation struggles with faith because they hadn't seen some things that our prior generations have saw. And it's time for that to change. It's time for that to change. How's it going to change? Because somebody's willing to intercede. Somebody's willing. Every morning, God, I'm just back this morning. I know Montana's laying up there, but God, don't help her, help her not to lose courage. Oh, Corona kept me out Saturday, but God, I'm going back. I'm going to knock again. God, I know Max Reed's in trouble. Hallelujah. And I don't care if they hear all this. They need to hear it. Somebody's fighting for them. Somebody's believing that this God can pull them out of that. That this God can deliver them. That this God can fill them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And put strength back into their limbs. And, and put them back into life. And in the actions of life. If that was your baby, amen. If that was your spouse. Hallelujah. What would you want to do? I'd want somebody to touch God. If I could touch God, I'd want somebody to touch God. This church can touch God. You hear me? I said this church can touch God. Why? Because we built on the sure foundation. We hooked up to the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. This foundation can't be shaken. I'll tell you, no problems or dilemmas cannot overcome this church if you'll just stay together. And a few months ago, Roddy Parker came in a hardware store. Or maybe call me, I don't know. <laughs> kind of. You know, he kind of sneered. He said, hey, Brother Mark. He said, I won't ever forget what you always used to say. He said, that old woodpecker won't never destroy the tree with it. No. He said, it's some old termites on the inside. We can dress it to the T out here. But it's what's on the inside. But it's what's on the inside that makes a man. It's what's on the inside that makes a church. It's what's on the inside that makes us a body. It's what's on the inside that glues us together. It's what's on the inside that bonds us together. It's what's on the inside that makes us fight the unfightable things and be victorious and overcomers with God's anointing and God's touch in our lives. It's what's on the inside. That's the reason we must have the Holy Ghost. And we must be led by it. The Holy Ghost. Amen. One greater than Jonah's here. What's it going to take to stir you? What's it going to take? I'd love to tell you, Rick would do it, but I'd love to tell you this would happen or that would happen. Do you know what's happened? I'm preaching to us tonight. You know what's happened to us? We get to see all the wrecks now. We get to see everything that goes on. And you know what the enemy's doing? He's shearing our conscience. He's callousing our conscience. The things that we used to blush at and get upset about and get beside ourselves. Now we just, over time, it's just kind of, amen, we don't even, it don't even hardly move us anymore. 
Why you think it's so hard to get a move of God even in the house of God? We can blame the preachers. We can blame whoever, blame whoever you want to blame. But I'm telling you, we're living in a country and a world, a time, a time. It's end time. It's part of the end time. Unthankful. Becoming calloused. Becoming hard. I'd love to tell you that it's not going to affect, but it does. It affects me toward my brothers. I won't be as sensitive toward them and their needs and their struggles because of being calloused. Ever went out there just all out of the blue and picked up an old axe and just went to work with it? I've seen my hand at times skin just tore apart. But you know what? I listened to a man that was getting qualified on a pistol one day. He was wanting to go higher, the highest that the highway patrol would give them. He was just a civilian. He said it was raining. He said, man, he was he had to draw. And fire three shots in a certain area within, I'm talking about just within a second or two. And he was doing it so many times now that he had busted his hand. He said, with the rain and all, said blood was running down his arm. He said, even the highway patrol said, man, you want to stop? He said, no, no, it'll callous up. <laughs> and he just kept at it. And he, he, he finally accomplished it. Same way with us. How many of you ever heard of some of our old elders? You know where they was calloused at? Right here. Where they would lay for hours and water on that ground or sawdust or dirt or whatever it might have been. Wrestling. Even Paul talks about times of wrestling with circumstances, situations, wrestling with a beast. Let's do it, church. Because there's a world out there that's crying out. It's in a pit. And to be honest with you, most of them don't even know. You'd be shocked how many is out there that's tangled up in the devil and they don't even know it. He's got them so blinded and so entangled. The scripture warns us to not become entangled. Lay aside every weight. Warns us about the affairs of the world. I promise you, church, the only thing that can keep all this from happening in our lives is a prayer life. A prayer life. Love you tonight. God bless these singers. They're going to come and sing. Let's talk to God a minute. Let's let the Holy Ghost fall in this house. Let's let God move. Uh, hey, I'm still working on some of our black gentlemen up here. I told one just the other day. I said, you missed it Wednesday night. He said, yeah, I said, I got messed up. He said, I'm coming. I said, hey, you don't have to wait. I said, come. Come the time you want. Come. The Holy Ghost should fall on them. The power of God would move in their lives. They need this truth. God bless you. God bless the singers.
feel you need to be protected not just from corona but from demonical forces sister Ford had mentioned or I don't know if she heard it or read it but talking about in New Orleans how that because they defunded the police force. They don't have enough to go around. And now some's having to try to protect themselves. Because when the calls come in, instead of being 15 or 20 minutes, it's two and three hours before they can get somebody to them. Because they don't have nobody to sing in. Folks, if we ever needed to be protected, it's now. Not against all that man may ask us to help protect ourselves, but you know what? The real protector is Him. If He doesn't protect us, we're in trouble. I don't know how many times I've told Him this week, God, if you don't save us, nobody else will. God, if you don't touch us, if you don't heal us, if you don't help us, nobody else. Because there's nobody else. Him alone. He's the one. Falling in love. Falling in love. Ever seen somebody fall in love? You ever seen some young people? I, I mean, they just, you just knew they just fell in love. It's a beautiful sight, ain't it? It really is. You may pick on them a little bit and all that, but, but it's a beautiful sight when they really fall in love. God bless you tonight. Appreciate you. You can be seated.